Welcome everybody to the Bakery Bears radio show featuring the man in the cap. Oh, and I'm the lady in the cap then. Yes, we are the delivery people. Something for the weekend, sir. <laughs> I can't say that. But that's what, we had a delivery the other day from Michael and uh, he brought the parcel to the door, knocked on the door. He's so lovely. He's, he's a like, post, Michael's a postman. He's the stand-in postman. He's a stand-in, yeah, he fills in for when Steve's on holiday. Yes, and Steve who, of course, you all know, regular You all listeners. know Steve. Yes, you've probably heard his voice on certain mm. episodes. Anyway, Michael comes to the door and I've, I mean, I'm always pleasant to people and he comes to the door and, you know, and he said to me the other day, it's always a pleasure to see you, sir. Oh, I'm like, he's so lovely. I, mean, I love oh my Michael. Goodness. I love him. <laughs> he's, he's like this slightly older gentleman with a beard and he's just so, he's just so polite. He talks to, he's old fashioned. He talks yeah. to everybody like that. So Dan's always sir, I'm always madam when yeah. he brings the post. He said to me the other day, I took a parcel. He's like, a oh, parcel for you today, madam. Um, just need to sign, okay, whatever it is. Oh, it feels like some clothes in there today. Hope it's something nice. And it was wool as it happens. And I was, I did, I, I was like, oh, uh, right, okay. Because I, I didn't know what was in it at that point. Uh, I thought that was really funny. It's just so lovely. More yes. people yeah. should be like Michael. Old-fashioned, proper service, cares yes. about his job and he's a nice guy. But folks, we're back for our part two because and my it, name is Kate and my name is Dan and uh, we are now thrown and I'm off my game slightly but now I'm back on I'm back on he's back on track we started this two episode extravaganza with a countdown of our top 10 10 fictional heroes but we only did nine. Oh. so as we start I'm going to throw out a hero okay uh, so, so, so what, you're not having him? What do you mean throw out? You know? No, 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 no. I'm going to add the tenth hero. Oh! Yes. Oh, right, okay, you're um, sneaking a hero. We will both concur, because I know that you'll concur on Cabris who this is. heroes, I can't but, eat <laughs> chocolate anymore, but I did used to like a hero. But then, over the rest of this video, no work with animals, children, okay, um, over the next... <laughs> I'm not offended by that, it's okay, I accept it. Over the, over the rest of the video, I think I said video, over the rest of the show, we'll be talking about our villains. So yes. who are our favourite villains? We will try and do 10, we'll see how we go. So yeah. this is very much the companion piece to our heroes. So it's villains today, it's a very warm day. It's hideously sunny so and horrible and let's get out. I vastly don't approve of all of this and nonsense. Get, the, get this over and done with. Yeah, so let's get out <laughs> into the sunshine and then out of the sunshine. We do love a nice day. We do love a nice day. Today is not a nice day. No, I never said it was. It's, <laughs> it's quite horrendous. But yes, we're here to talk about the villains. But before we get to the villains, it's time to talk about one more hero. And I know that you're going to support me with this hero because okay. this hero is Jack Bauer. Oh my gosh. I absolutely do support you in that. <laughs> And I suspect, had you thought longer and we'd had more time, you probably would have thrown him out I'm anyway. I'm sure I would have. Because we did sort of run out of time last time, and that's probably why we missed. But, oh my goodness, I mean, Jack just... Jack Bauer for president, I say. I remember 
a friend of mine, it's when our daughter Bryony was born, he lent me the box set. And mm -hmm. I, I was mm -hmm. watching it because we had like the, 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 the best routine ever for night feeding mm -hmm. when our daughter Bryony was born. And so I'd be up and I'd be doing night feeding and he said, if you want something that's going to keep you awake mm -hmm. and also help you pass the time, just borrow this. Yeah. So I watched, because I, I'd known about it when it first came out and I always thought, oh no, I don't really fancy that. You know, because you sort of think the 24 hours thing, you yeah. think, well, how's that going to work? That's yeah. weird. Yeah. Oh my goodness. I was like so hooked. Well, it's genius, isn't well, it? And it's I genius. knew, I knew, as soon as I finished watching that first season, I'm like, Kay's going to love this. Yeah. And then we ended up, I think we had, I think we had them all on DVD. Maybe we, we did. did, did we? Yeah, well, we must have, because you I couldn't... I they're still in the carriage. You couldn't stream back then. No, I mean, how old? So... We're not even that old. No, I know, but streaming's not been around for that long, I know, really, has I it? I know, but it's just, like, insane that, you know, we've got to a point... <laughs> Where DVDs are now, like, oh, back in the day. Not in our house. <laughs> So that is definitely, fits like a glove, our 10th villain, boom. Yes. And look, as, him. as I'm waffling, and you started last time, you see, we saw him last time. Oh, I can't remember when it was. He's got a belt pack on. I'm not, I'm not having a belt pack. I couldn't fit my phone in there. There is there's a, just a guy running I'm past. I'm not wearing a thing around my waist like that. He has a very humorous running style. Oh, he's really funny. We've seen him before. And... It just, you know, I'm sure it's just his natural running style. Well, it must be. It's, it's entertaining, to it's say the really least. It's really funny. So good look, good for him running in this weather, I tell you. I was running earlier. Yeah, but it's now a few hours on and, you know, it's much... Don't lay the gauntlet down. I'll be oh, going out at midday just to awful. prove I can do it. You will not, because no, that's I won't. insanity. It is insanity. We do not advise that people run in the midday heat. No, and also as well, oh, let's enjoy the music. Oh. oh. Are you all singing? There's a man in the car and he's got all of his doors open and he's just sat in the car on his drive playing music. But didn't Did you didn't you tell me that that's how Elton John likes to listen to music? Someone told me Not this. me. Elton John's preferred way to listen to music is in his Rolls Royce. Because we've all got one sat on the drive. <laughs> and so he goes in, sits in his car and puts on music and he thinks that gives him the best listening experience. All right. So maybe... I shall do that his... next time I buy a Rolls Royce. <laughs> that won't be happening. No. So look, I wouldn't buy one even if I had the money. You started last time, so I'm going to start this time. Okay. And I'm going to start this time because that villain, sorry, that hero fits with this villain. Oh, okay. Like a glove. This, this is one of my just, oh, he's the business. And his name yeah. is President Charles Logan. Oh my gosh. <laughs> this man. From 24. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I struggle to find the words to say how superb and oh, stupendous. Oh, odious. Because what's so great about this villain is my favorite types of villains, sometimes you get villains who are really tough. Yeah. And they also might be quite intelligent. 
He's neither of those things. No, he isn't. He really isn't. He's, He's like a bit of chicken. a bumbling yes. fool. Yes. He's like... Uh, he, He's the type of person who, he, he gives looks. I mean, the actor's brilliant. Yeah, I can't the remember. Actor is Gregory brilliant. Itzin. That's it. Gregory Itzin, he's been in lots of things, actually. And he's, I mean, he's a, just a great actor because he gives these looks in that series. Yeah, he does. And it makes your skin crawl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's like utterly just disgusting. Yeah. And his relationship with his wife in that series, I think, is really cool. Gosh, it really is, yeah. It's a really yeah. sort of clever relationship. And she's another great actress, actually. She's brilliant. His wife but plays Charles, a part amazingly Charles Logan. Well. I mean, it, it just the. I think he's the standout for me. In, in that in that series. In twenty four. Oh gosh, really? Right. I, I mean, Jack Bauer's great. Yeah. But it, for, for me, it feels like a fairly one dimensional character. I guess. It's yeah, a great I character. Guess it is. I'm not. I'm, I have zero criticism for the character of Jack Bauer, but I think I enjoy watching. You know, they, they talk about actors who, like, chew up the scenery when yeah, they're on set. And yeah. For me, Charles Logan, it just, it just is, it's the business. So yeah, yeah. I think uh, Charles Logan is a definite, very high up the list yes. of fictional villains. Let's have one of yours, then. Gosh, I'm just thinking which one I'm going to choose to follow on from that. I'm going to choose one that is incredibly random. Oh, OK. And... It's actually not a human being. Oh. So this villain is a shark. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> it's Jaws the shark, or the shark from Jaws, I should say. I don't imagine they gave him that name. And rather stupendously, you've read the book. I have read the book. So this yeah, is I have. literary um, and visual. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And I thought this one would be a bit more unusual than... It's very unusual. Yeah, because it's not an actual person. No. But, you know, when you actually think about it, the shark is absolutely mortifyingly terrifying. Yeah. In that there is no... It's not like you can negotiate with the shark or... No, no. You know, he's got a mission. Yeah. He's single-minded. He's just a hungry beast. He's just going to go out there and he's going to eat people. Yes. <laughs> And there's no stopping him. And I think I admire that in a way. It's not that he eats people, obviously. I don't admire that. What I admire is that kind of single-mindedness. Yeah. And that focus. He doesn't and, see that he's doing anything bad. Well, no, he's just following his natural instinct, isn't he? It's, it's not the shark's fault, is it, really? He's just doing what nature's telling him to do. Yes. And... It, it's, it's just such a, I don't know, you know, as soon as, when you're watching the film, obviously, as soon as you hear just those notes, those, that first two notes, yeah, yeah. you're there, aren't you? And That's it's, the genius of John Williams. Yeah, yeah. And you know that the sharks come in and it, it's super scary. And although the shark in the film... What do you want to do? He's not very, let's just go. Okay. He's not very realistic. No. But that makes the film all, all the more joyous for me. Yeah, and to be it's honest... Not, it's not all CGI no, terrifyingness. No, no, no. no, it's definitely not realistic, but I think that it's still superbly done. Yeah. And I think the fact that it is a real thing and not some... Um, 
to me, Thank I think you. that uh, CGI quite often makes things, you can see it in the actor's eyes. Yeah. yeah that yeah, they yeah, don't yeah. know what they're looking at. No, that's right. I think right. a prime example of that is in the episodes one, two, and three of Star Wars. Yeah. And if you listen to Ewan McGregor talk about that, you'll hear him say, you know, quite categorically, the difficulty was on that programme is you didn't know what on earth you were acting around or no, with. No, no. Oh, wow. butterfly. That's a lovely one. Big butterfly, yeah. But yeah, I, I, That's right, so the fact that this was a physical thing. Yeah. Even though it was a big mechanical rubber shark, yeah. it was still a physical thing that was there. Yeah. So I'm sure the actors found that easier, like you say, to act around. Yeah. Um, but, it, it, you know, I have read the book, as Dan said, and the book, you know, it's not the best. No. And... Interesting, really, that that was identified and spotted. If, yeah, I mean, if you're not, if, if you are interested in, you know, if you love, if you love the film, I would recommend you go and read the book because it's very different. It's and very different, isn't it? Yeah, there's some um, storylines that are completely different. Yeah in the book to the film. Yeah. It's worth a read, and Bryony read it as well, actually. And she was angry. <laughs> about how bad it was? She was angry about this particular storyline. I won't tell you what it is. Oh. It's not in the film. And I don't think, if they'd put it in the film, it would have been so inappropriate. Yeah, yeah. I really think it's an odd thing to throw into the book. Um, I must admit, when I read the, the book, I thought it very strange that halfway through the, 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 the shark would go vegetarian. I mean, that just seemed... Oh, shut up. <laughs> That's not true. Ignore it. So, Jaws is a great film. Yes. So, my next film fits, I think, with my first hero. And I wonder how often that this is the case, that our favourite villains often come together with yeah. our favourite heroes. Because definitely, and this is out-and-out literary villain. So it's been portrayed many times. I'll maybe touch on that slightly, but it's Moriarty from Oh, I the almost books. chose Moriarty. Moriarty from the books. From the books, right. Is, as I mentioned on the last episode, I got when I was very young, as a gift from my gran, the complete works of, well, it, it was the Sherlock Holmes books, yeah. all in one big thick book, and read them all a couple of times. And the character which just absolutely stood out for me beyond all others, even more than Sherlock Holmes, I think, was Moriarty, because I just thought, how amazing. Yeah. Amazing is the wrong word, but you've got Sherlock Holmes, who, if you listen to lots of people talk now, they will argue, Historians, you know, sort of modern-day historians of, you know, the last hundred years, they'll say that Sherlock Holmes was the first superhero. Right. And I think that that's sort of right. I get that, yeah. And so you've got this amazing guy, and this this Moriarty dude, you could maybe argue that he's, he's better. Yeah. You know, he can outsmart Sherlock Holmes. So I just loved, I absolutely chewed up the pages reading about Moriarty. Yeah. And in, in my mind, I sort of constructed, you know, who this, this yeah. type of person might be. And I, I think that's the best types of books. Yeah. When 
And I think that's why the Harry Potter, for example, mm -hmm. it, it, a lot of people didn't like the film adaptations because it was different to what they'd imagined in their head. Yes, I which, would, yeah, I would agree with that. I think that fits with you, didn't? Because you love the books. I love the books. But then the film. You... I like. I, well, I really like the first film. I like the second one, and the third one's okay. You just after think they that, got the casting wrong. They got the casting completely wrong with some of the people. But after the third film, I'm not interested because I just don't like the way that the cinematography, I cannot even abide. Yeah, the, the um, sepia nature. It's, yeah, it gets more and more sepia. It gets more and more sepia as you go through and, and more and more dark. And maybe that's a reflection on the way that the books go, but... That is exactly it, right. It's, it's just so jarring compared to the way that the first two in particular were actually, you know, filmed and... Yeah. Uh, no, it doesn't do it for me, but, the, you know, the books I really enjoyed and, yeah. yeah, they do get darker. Yeah. For me, what I loved about Moriarty was, in my mind, I could see who this person was. Yeah. And, so Moriarty definitely for me is is one of my sort of favourite favourite yeah, villains. Yeah, yeah. Give us another one then. Okay. Well, last time I chose two characters from a book as being heroic. Yeah. And I'm gonna and it's also it's a book and a, a TV miniseries, and I'm gonna choose a villain from that same book and miniseries. Yeah. Because this man is honestly the most one of the most evil characters that I've ever seen, certainly on screen. Yeah. And he's from North and South. Yeah. The 1985, I think it was, miniseries. And his name is Elkana Bent. Uh, oh, my goodness. Yeah. <laughs> he's horrible. <laughs> he comes into it right at the very beginning, but when the two characters, Ori and George, who were mentioned last time, and George is played by James Reed. Right. I could not remember his name. It's the very handsome James Reed. But they go off to West Point, and Elkana Bent is their drill sergeant. Yeah. Drill master, it's called, actually. Right. Like then, drill master. Oh, my goodness. And he takes a dislike to Ori and George very early on. Yeah. And he makes it his literal life's mission. Yeah to bring these two down and it keeps cropping up all the way through the book yeah until he does come to his demise ultimately yeah but he's just so evil there is not a decent bone in this man's body but interestingly i think the crux of the reason why and that is is shown quite early on as well is that he grew up in like a foster home. Right. His real father, I don't know about his mother, but his real father is, at the time, he was this prominent politician, yeah. played by the dancer, Gene Kelly, is it Gene Kelly? Right, yeah, yeah, I think, I think he was right. played by Gene Kelly, his yeah. dad. So he knew who his dad was, but his dad was kind of ashamed. I think his mother might well have been a lady of the night, let's say. There's a woman just gone by on a bike, and I'm telling you, all I could see, she looks like the witch from The Wizard uh, of Oz. Wizard of Oz. She was sat... You, 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 
Folks, you remember in The Wizard of Oz, she sat very upright mm. on the bike and she's pedalling along. Well, a lady's just gone by and that is ex that's exactly what I could see. Oh, glorious shade. So yeah, he's he knows who his father is and it's his father that actually got him the place at West Point right. because he didn't qualify. Yeah. He ended up being dismissed from West Point and then he went back to his father when the... It was a, it was a war with Mexico. Yeah. I can't remember the name of the war, but he wanted to get in, get into the war, and he's like, I can't possibly, can't possibly do that. What justification, what justification would I have when you got kicked out of West Point? Yeah. And he's like, Oh well, you know, nobody knows you're my father, yeah. implying that he would just tell everybody yeah. that he'd got this illegitimate son. So anyway, he does go into that war in Mexico, yeah. and he meets up again with Ori and George and he sends them off. They've retreated because they're getting kind of battered by the enemy. But he sends them off and makes them go forward and that causes Ori to run into a a bomb of some sort, whatever the bombs were back then. Yeah. And he gets his injury yeah. to his knee. Really, really bad injury and he almost has to have his leg chopped off but he doesn't. So he's left with this sort of disability, I guess. But anyway, that's just one of the evil things that, yeah. that this character did. But the genius behind it for me is the actor that he's, plays him. He's brilliant. It's a man called Philip Kasanoff, who we saw. Madam Secretary. Was it Madam Secretary? He was a judge yeah. in Madam Secretary. I saw him and I'm like, oh, it's Alcana Bent. Don't trust him. He plays the part so brilliantly. Yeah. It's just amazing, you know, and he's kind of, although this character is evil, yeah. personified, yeah. I kind of admire him because he's playing the part so amazingly well. Yeah. And you can see he's having fun. Absolutely, having fun with the role, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah it, it's just a joy to watch, even though he's really, like... Horrible. Yes. Another one from me. Yes. I'm excited about this one. <laughs> this one comes from... Well, I'll just tell you his name. Okay. It's Charles Augustus Magnuson. Oh, no. You, you know who I'm talking I about? I do know who you're talking about. So, Charles Augustus Magnuson... Can I flick you under cheek? <laughs> Isn't it in the eye? Doesn't he want to flick him in the eye? Flick. Is it the eye? I'll flick him in the face. Flick him in the face. I'll flick him in the face. And he flicks his like, cheek. Oh, that does hurt. Actually. Yeah, don't do it then. I won't do it to myself. <laughs> so we're talking about the main villain from season three of the Benedict Cumberbatch and Martin... Freeman. Was, Freeman, thank you. I blocked uh, his surname. <laughs> we blocked him out because we don't like him. No. He is the main villain. And it's Sherlock, of course. Yes, and my goodness, you could get so many series out wow, of this film. Yeah, yeah, and it was, yeah. It was, I was, do you know what? I was it's disappointed when you... it ended. I agree. I agree. Because it's only four. Those shows were only four episodes yeah. long. Those seasons, so you know they're like mini series in the first place. But I, I, he, he's definitely oh. my favourite villain out of all the ones the I've spoken about he so did. far. The, the most utterly, one, but if, really if not, intelligent. Yeah, yeah. If you've not seen it, I can't remember the name actually yeah. of the, uh, the the female actress. He goes up to her and he licks her oh, yeah. in the face. On the face. And then says, "Ah, oh, Claire de Lune." Yeah, yeah. Because he Unmistakable smells Unmistakable or something or other. Oh my goodness. I mean, it's just utterly, utterly. But he like 
He also does other things in that series, which, which yeah, I'm not we'll, even going to talk about, no, which not. are so... It, we were it, like, what is he doing? Is he really doing that? And, and oh, what, honestly. What, what it does is, the reason why it's such a brilliant portrayal of an evil character is it's like, he's that confident in his evilness. Yeah, yeah. He's that certain that he can do whatever he wants. Yeah. That, why wouldn't he do that? Yeah. I mean, stupendously acted. Really, really I can't good. remember his first name, but no. his surname's Mickelson. No. Lars Mickelson. That's it. It's Lars Mickelson, and it is utterly... Tremendous. Now, I should just mention at this point, and because I meant to when I was talking about Moriarty, I have nothing against the portrayals. I mean, actually, my favourite portrayal of Moriarty on screen is Gerard Harris, who plays Moriarty in the Robert Downey Jr. Right. Gerard Harris plays it much more as I imagined it. Yeah. There is also... The re what's he called? Andrew Scott. Andrew Scott. Brian also the, loves and adores Andrew Scott. There's the Andrew Scott portrayal, which I do really like, but I, do you know what? I find it a tiny bit pantomime. It is. I mean, it's he's funny, isn't he? Yeah. He's very funny, and it's played brilliantly well. And I kind of like him, which you shouldn't like him. You know, he is an evil villain, as they say. I, I think, though, it is... Because I think he's overdoing it a little bit. Maybe, yeah. And that, that's why I find it slightly hard to take the character completely yeah, seriously. Yeah. Whereas Jared Harris, I don't know if you recall the actor Jared Harris. I don't know if I do. He was in Mad Men. Right. He, he was an English guy who came into Mad Men as one of the partners. Right. He's got a beard. You'd recognise him I if would, you saw I'm him. I'm sure, he's yeah. A, he's a really, really amazing actor. Yeah. And his portrayal of it in... The Robert Downey Jr. It's the second Robert Downey Jr. film. Yeah. I think it's called Game of Shadows. Right. Because the first one of those films, I'm not so keen on. It's sort of okay, but uh, it is. It's that second one I think that yeah. is really tremendous, yeah. largely because Jared Harris is in it. But right. One of my all-time, all-time favourite villains, probably my all-time favourite villain, Charles Augustus Magnuson, season three, Sherlock. Yes, brilliant. As we walk brilliant. past a game of bowls. They are. We're just walking past the bowling green in the park, which is being sprinkled with water because we've literally, as I said, not had any rain for weeks. But there is a game going on, which is lovely. I do like to see bowling going on. Oh, gosh, and there's stuff flying in the air from some tree. Right, so my next one is from a book and thankfully, well actually it was made into a film but we don't talk about it because it's so incredibly dreadful. But my next one is from Clan of the Cave Bear which I know I also mentioned in the last episode. Well but that fits in with what I said earlier and that is, it's probably normal for our villains to be married if you like to yeah. our heroes yeah yeah because yeah. every good hero needs a great villain that's true that's true and there's a character in this book called Browd now Browd is kind of like deputy leader of the clan he's not leader yet but he's next in line so he's the son of the leader and when the book starts he's very young but back then the clan people they didn't live very long I think generally if they lived to 30 they were lucky so they tended to mature much quicker 
So he kind of, as he grows older, you know, Ayla's growing older as well, but he's, he's just, there really is not a good bone in, in his body whatsoever. And he hates with a passion, absolutely loathes and hates Ayla for lots of reasons. None of them really justified, I've got to say. You know, he's got his own reasons. When she reaches a certain point in her growing up, he decides that he's gonna take his anger out on her in a very adult way, let's say. And he does that very regularly. And as you can imagine, it's very distressing. And that does really, really does result in Ayla having a baby. But he, re I mean, he remains, it just never changes. Right. He always remains this evil. And he does ultimately become leader when Brun, who is lovely, he yeah. was, he's the currently, or was the current leader, yeah. when he gets too old, yeah. he becomes leader. And at that point, it's really then that he decides he's going to deal with Ayla once and for all. Yeah. And he puts a death curse on her, which basically means doesn't, they don't kill them. I know, the ground is all cracked. I'm just walking on the grass and it's completely cracked because it's just not had any rain. We're walking through trees now because it's This so, is where I used to run when so I first warm. started running. trying to get shade. It just brings back memories. Yeah. Um, so yeah, he becomes leader and he puts this death curse on her straight away. And what that does is basically everyone just has to ignore her and pretend right. that she's not there. And as you can imagine, you can't live with that. So, so, so Kate, what, what you're telling she me leaves. is that people got cancelled in prehistoric times too. That's exactly <laughs> what they did to her. Isn't that funny? I'd never thought about that. I'd never thought about that. But yes, that's exactly what they did. They cancelled her and just blank, just pretended she wasn't there. Right. Because that's just what they had to do, you know. If the leader says, you are cursed with death, yeah. everybody's yeah. got to do what the leader says. Yeah. There's no arguing back then, you know. There's no debate at no. all no. going on. Yeah. What the leader says goes. Yes. So she leaves, she leaves the clan and then that's how that first book ends. Right. The only upside of her leaving is that she never has to see Broad again her yeah. entire life. So that's a plus, I guess. But yeah, he's he's all. If you've read the book, you'll know. I wonder how awful who played him in the film with Daryl Hannah. I don't Hannah. know. Yeah, there was a film. Oh god, I don't know that I've ever watched it. To Maybe be they because messed with the book. Maybe he wasn't yeah, even in I it. Yeah, I don't think it's. I don't think it can be true to the book. No. Certainly, the way that they looked. Yeah. Is not how it was described in the book. No. Um, I think that would be really difficult to do. It would be really difficult to do and I think there was a rumour wasn't there a little while ago oh, that, yeah. that somebody, oh. some big director was going to take the book. I think it might be Steven Spielberg. It might have been Steven Spielberg or maybe it was Ron Howard. Oh yeah you might be right. But it's just never come off. No. So another one from me it's another literary uh, villain yeah. who is about to become a visual villain. Ah. And this is, look, look, when I was young, I loved Star Wars. Yeah. And I loved Star Wars so much, when in, I think it was in the early 1990s, an act of, a writer called Timothy Zahn brought out a three book trilogy, which picked up after Return of the Jedi. Yeah. And gave you another three oh, right. films, if you like. Right. 
and they were stupendous. I think, it, as I recall, the something books, like, yes, yeah, it's something like Shadows of the Empire. I have got oh, it in my right. notes, but okay. I'm too warm to go in my pocket. And... Yeah, I know. <laughs> anyway, these Timothy Zahn books. I think it's Shadows of the Empire. That's another thing I loathe about the summer. Oh. Did you hear that music yeah, then a second ago? Yeah. And this during the summer, people decide it's acceptable to have their windows down in the car and, and just blare around. out music. And also to walk around with their shirts off. And to walk around with their shirts off. Which I think is... It's not on. Do you know what? No. It's not on. No. What is going on in this world? Men, no put a T-shirt on. No one has any... <sighs> pride, any respect, any... No, no. The list goes on and on and I just on. cannot even bear it. <laughs> Look, my villain. Yeah. His name is Grand Admiral Thrawn. Ah. Now, I had to say it like that because if I say it together, which I'll do now, Grand Admiral Thrawn, it sounds, sounds like weird. Grandad. It does a bit, yeah. <laughs> so, Grand Admiral Thrawn, he is... For, for me, for me, do you know what it is? And I'm only thinking about it now. He picked up the mantle of Moriarty. Right. In my head, this guy, because what you've got is you've got Luke Skywalker, yeah. who's your Sherlock Holmes. Yes. And then you suddenly introduce this character who he keeps pets and they have a very long name, the pets. Right. And they, they're basically, they're like these sort of dog type things that live in trees but basically okay. what they do is they give off an aura which restricts the use of the force oh. so Luke's force abilities are ruined because this dude has always got these things around him right. and he wins with the power of his mind oh. so he's very much like Moriarty yeah. In, yeah. in that you know he, he's always one step ahead yeah. of, of Luke and Grand Admiral Thrawn for me was the ultimate, ultimate sort of next stage for me after reading Sherlock Holmes and then moving on to the... I mean, it's, it's, is, not, it's not an upward trajectory, that, is, is it? Is he in the films? Grand Admiral Thrawn? Yeah. He isn't, but he's about to be... Oh, right, OK. Now, thank you for that excellent link. He's about to be in the new series on Disney Plus called Ahsoka. Oh, right, yeah. And the actor that they've chosen to play Grand Admiral Thrawn yeah. is Lars Mikkelsen, oh who played gosh. Charles Augustus Magnus. Well, how about that? <laughs> can That's you amazing. That? I mean, the funny well, thing... Well, we know he can play a villain. The funny thing is, you know, coming back to the whole Moriarty thing, you could have cast Charles Augustus Magnuson, Lars Mikkelsen, should yeah, I say. Yeah, you could yeah. have cast him as yeah. Moriarty, let him oh, play yes, that character yes. in that way. And he'd have been the perfect foil for Sherlock Holmes That's through all true. those series. Yeah, yeah, that is but true. I'm beyond excited about seeing... Because the other great thing about the... I mean, he's sort of gaunt. He's quite sort of thin in his face. He he's is, got, yeah. He's got a vibe. I'm now... The funny thing is, I'm now talking about Grand Admiral Thrawn. Oh. But you're right. But the actor does look they like picked that. the right actor. It's very actor. good casting. Brilliant casting. But the really cool element to this character is... The planet that he comes from... All the natives have blue skin. Oh, brilliant. So he's blue. He's going to be blue in it. Oh, Bryony will love that. She loves a blue alien. Yes. yes. She does, doesn't she? Yes, she really does. Do you have another one for us? I do have one more. Come on. I, I, I sort of hesitated with this one because he is definitely a villain and he's right. evil. Yeah. But I love him. So right. I was kind of hesitated. But 
I'm going to go with it. Yeah. Because he's so brilliant. Yeah. And it's a it's a, a fictional movie, but it's based on Fact. legend, I suppose. Legend. I don't. Okay. Know, I think actually his character did exist. Okay. Okay. I'll, well, I don't know. I'll just tell you who it is, and you can tell me if this character actually existed, yeah. because I know the main character didn't. Um, and it's the Sheriff of Nottingham. Oh my goodness, that is an exceptional choice. <laughs> the Sheriff of Top Nottingham. Top draw selection. <laughs> in Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. Because yes. I know, obviously, Robin Hood didn't actually exist in reality. It's just legend, isn't it? There were... But I think there was a Sheriff of Nottingham, was there? There were many Sheriffs of Nottingham. Oh, there you go. Yes. So it was a real person. Yeah, and he played, obviously, by the amazing, God rest his soul, Alan Rickman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just brilliantly. And he is absolutely evil, isn't he? But again, you can kind of... Another one. Did you hear that car? Yes. Summer. Yes. Summer. I just... I want to skip over it, please. Yes. And hit September yes. after... Yes. Get to the end of May and then go straight into September yes. would be just beautiful. Thank you. Um, but yeah, the there is sort of, you can, you can kind of see where he came from yes. in uh, Prince of Thieves because the witch character, I think that's actually his birth mother. It is, is it? yeah. 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 And, Morgana. Oh, yeah, and if you, anybody who's seen the film will understand how messed up you would be. <laughs> having a mother like that yeah. so you can kind of see how he got to where he got to yeah. in the film from, definitely from the way that he has started his life yes but oh my goodness he's so amazing in the film isn't he yes yeah i mean what, what i think and i think this is a a thing that is spoken of in the sort of acting profession that it's far better to play a classic villain than a classic hero. Yeah. Because there's so much more to go at. Yes. And I know we watched recently, and I think we mentioned this, because one of my heroes was Robin Hood. Yeah. I think we mentioned in the last show that we'd watched the behind the scenes. And we did. they re-edited that film. They did an edit, yeah. and they had to re-edit it because Alan Rickman was effectively the, the, the star of the film. Yeah. And you can't have that in no. a film called Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. Yeah. <laughs> I still think he kind of is. Oh, he is. But, you know, someone's performance is their performance. It, it doesn't is. matter how much screen time you, you limit them to. You your brilliance, can you? No, no. I mean, just completely stupendous. And for me, you know, he's brilliant. He is he so is brilliant, brilliant in Die Hard. He, yeah, I was just about to say what an amazing actor he was because I cannot think of a single role that he wasn't brilliant in. The only role I don't like him in is Snape. Yeah, I mean... I just think he's totally wrong for it. Yeah, I think they could have cast Snape better than, than Alan Rickman. I think Alan Rickman would have made a great Remus. Yeah, definitely. He would have made a great Remus, and I think... And hold on a minute. Gary Oldman might have made a better Snape. I think Gary Oldman would have made a better Snape. Because, to me... It felt like when he was acting Snape, he was being restricted. Yeah. He was being stopped to act. It, it, because it was such a sort of all the way. Really, he's a very subdued he is. character. And he is. when you've got someone who can act as well as Alan Rickman, yeah. you don't want to put him in a subdued character. It's no, like, what? No, I, I don't think the casting was right. That's one of the people. I love him. 
Yeah. I absolutely love him as an actor, but I think he, he like I say, I think he would have done better playing a different part. We have about 25, 30, maybe 40 steps at maximum until the end of the show. So. You've got to get another one in, is what well, you're saying. Well, I'm going to try and get two in, and oh, I'm, I'm gosh, hoping wow, that that's got us then. to ten. So I'm not going to dwell. Okay. The first one I'm going to throw out is the main evil character from the Red Wall books. Oh. I love the Red Wall books. Yeah. Bought for me by my other gran. She bought me the first book. I still have it, and she signed it on the inside from Nana and Papa. Aww. I remember getting it, and I remember being really excited about it. Yeah. She bought it for me because she knew I loved going to visit abbeys. Right. And this was, a, a, you know, a book set about an abbey, yeah. Red Wall, yeah. a monastery, and the evil character in that is called Clooney the Rat. Right. And he's this great big rat with a. A, a, like a blade attached to the end of his tail. Wow. And he can sort of flick it and, and kill people with his tail, and he's just horrendous. And in essence, I've subsequently read that book to Bryony when yeah. she was much younger yeah. and thoroughly enjoyed reading it, but she actually, yeah. on second reading, you realise it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. But it's, it doesn't stand the test of time quite so well as other stories. Right. And w what Clooney is, effectively, is a pirate king. Oh, oh. that makes me think of the Nutcracker. Right. The well, mouse. Well, 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 Clooney. Mouse king. Yeah. Clooney is effectively uh, just a really horrible pirate. Right. The final villain that I'll give you, and I think this person is the greatest villain in the Star Wars films. Oh. And when he came on in, into the, I mean, funnily enough, it's, it's from the prequels. I think this villain is better than Darth Vader. And that is Darth Maul. Oh, Darth yeah. Maul with his double-ended lightsaber. Brian, loves Darth Maul. With his horns. He's amazing. With his, you know, black and red face. Yeah. You know, he is the ultimate. And the biggest mistake that they made in that series was getting rid of Darth Maul and introducing Count Dooku. Oh, he's dreadful. As the main villain. Because and first of all, the name. <coughs> Count Dooku. Just sounds like a Disney character. Well, it sounds like someone from Count Duckula. Yes. And also, I mean, trying to portray, you know, in the 1970s, what was his name? Oh, that's terrible, I can't remember his name, the man who played Count Dooku. From the... Oh, Christopher... No, yeah. uh, Dracula, the Dracula fella. Isn't, isn't Christopher it... Lee? Yes. Is it Christopher it's Lee? It's Christopher Lee. In the 1970s, I mean, you can sort of see what they were doing. Yeah. They were trying to link the new films to the old films, because, of course, John... God, I was going to say John Gielgud, what am I talking Gosh. about? The... Oh, who is the... Because he was the vampire hunter. The, 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 the man in charge of the Death Star. Ah. Uh. Oh, the, the famous English actor. I can't remember his name. It's terrible. Oh, the man who wore the slippers? Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah. He, yeah, I can see him. So he, he is... I mean, isn't it awful, folks, when you get past... When, when he is really old in um, Star Wars and... When you get past 45, you start forgetting things. He he always wore slippers when he was acting. Yeah, it, it's Grand Moff Tarkin. Yeah. And so it's Grand Moff Tarkin in the Star Wars films, and that actor was in the Dracula films. Right. So he was the, the, the guy going after Dracula. And so I can see why George Lucas was so keen to get Christopher Lee in, because it's yeah, like linking yeah. those two things together. Yeah. But just a dreadful actor. But 
For me, Darth Maul was the business. And when we went to see Solo, a Star Wars uh -huh. story, and Darth Maul reappeared at the yes. end of that, you're like, come on, yeah. <laughs> this is getting good now. I have no idea if we've given you 10. I think we have. Right, but okay, that was good then. You'll know from the title of this episode if we did manage to. And we're, we're back home, stood in our cool hallway. I'm just <sighs> gonna go and drink about five pints of water. It's. I mean, I think it's meant to be, It's the weather says it's like 23, but that's hotter than 23 oh, the out there. So warm, the sun is just absolutely fierce. Hey-ho. Folks, oh. I hope you've enjoyed that. I've thoroughly enjoyed that. Was it's fun. Been, it's been really fun. And do you know what? I have to say, I think it says a lot about your character. I enjoyed the villains episode more than more the heroes. Than heroes. What about it, you? Yeah, absolutely. It's like, yeah, actually, I'm talking about it last time. It prompted me to go back and start watching North and South again, and right. I'm watching it right now. Brilliant. I must have seen it, I don't know how many times. And do you know what? It's brilliant. And I've been talking to Dan a lot about the history of it. It's very recently. interesting story. Really interesting, you know, the war between the North and the South. And just brilliant. And, you know, if, if these talks just give you one little sort of, oh yeah, I'm going to go and read that again, I'm going to go and watch that again, then that's brilliant. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So folks, that's the end of our two-part special about our heroes and villains, but we've had a request, and it might have been actually because of that first part, but um, one of our lovely listeners contacted us, and do feel free to contact us any time with suggestions for episodes, but their suggestion was, we're just getting into summer now. <laughs> as we've established on our walk today and they've asked for us to run through our favorite summer blockbusters yeah. so next time and you know what might be fun let's do our favorite summer blockbusters but let's see if we can throw in one summer blockbuster which we can't stand because right. i think that's always fun isn't it Mm. You, you know, you give the people lots of things that you yeah, like, but then yeah. maybe throw in one that actually, it was a summer blockbuster, but you it's can't. Pants. It's just total yeah. rubbish. Yeah. And perhaps okay. everyone else loved it. Okay. So folks, we'll see you in two weeks for that wonderful episode. See you soon, everyone. Bye. Bye. The Bakery Bears radio show is brought to you by Bakery Bear Productions and is made possible by our Bakery Bear patrons. Find out how you can join our Bakery Bear community, access more of what we do, and keep the show on air by visiting www.bakerybears.com forward slash listen forward slash.